Hello, my friends, and welcome back to a new episode of Social Scoop Podcast. This is a podcast by your social mate, hosted by none other than me, myself, and I, Kristen Busquette. I am kbusk on Instagram, and I bring you all the best news on social media, as well as bring on an amazing guest to give you an inside scoop on what it's like to work in this creative and crazy industry. We have so much news to go over today, so we're gonna dive right into it. So first little update that we have here is actually a TikTok update. So you can now tag anyone in a video on TikTok. So not just in the caption, like actually in the video. So basically what this looks like, when you are finishing up the video, you'll be able to go onto the at mention button. You can put that on your video somewhere and then actually tag the person there that you want to be a clickable link, similar to how you would on Instagram stories, so that you can actually tag again if you're a brand, if you're working with a brand, or maybe you're showing like a haul of different products, you could show all of the brands tagged there, but essentially it's just a really cool way on the actual video in case people aren't looking at the caption to bring your followers or people watching your video to another account for whatever reason. Second is a really kind of small Instagram update here. So they are actually testing this right now. So it's not something that's available at this exact moment, but basically Instagram is testing a private user created reels playlist. So essentially what this will look like when you save reels in a collection. So when you hit that save button, save it into a specific collection of maybe you know, reels that are inspiring or real formats that I wanna try or trending reels whatever you wanna make a collection of, when you save reels in a collection, it will basically become a playlist in that saved folder. So you would click on that saved collection and it would look like reels, like you're swiping through all of them, but they're only the ones that you saved. I find myself using this for creating playlists of things that I wanna try or that I'm inspired by, or even having maybe a collection of like fashion reels that I'm inspired by, another one of beauty reels that I'm inspired by, so that I can gather inspiration so that when I'm ready to actually go ahead and record something, I have something to actually look at for some inspo. And this, I should mention as well, is a private playlist, so it does not get shown to all of your followers or anyone else except you. That is something only you'll be able to see. Instagram also this week officially launched the take a break feature to a, gr a giant group of people. Not every person has it at this exact moment, but basically what this will look like is you will be able to set a kind of take a break timer every 10, 20, or 30 minutes that you're using the app. So it's basically there to say, hey, you've been kind of on here for a while, do you wanna take a break? And it gives you options of things you can do to take a break, which I think is really cool. However, it seems kind of weird to me that the only options are 10, 20, and 30 minutes because typically, if I'm on Instagram, I'm probably gonna be on there for more than 30 minutes, so the 10 and 20 option are already out of there. I would like like a 30 minute, 60 minute and 90 minute option if I was going to use this because again, I'm definitely with this being my job, but also as a user, like we spend a lot of time on Instagram, so I feel like it definitely should have longer lengths of time. However, um, because this is a feature that they're just testing right now, technically, they kind of put it out there to a, a group of people. If it goes well, Adam Masseri did say that it will be going live within maybe a month. So if you don't have it now, maybe about a month from now, we'll all be seeing it. There may be some changes that they want to work out as well. But either way, I think it's kind of cool. And I like the idea of, 
Instagram reminding us to take a break because sometimes we don't realize we need a break, but we need a break. Okay, if you are full-time on Instagram or even just a hardcore creator on Instagram or even just a hardcore user of Instagram, you know it's easy to get lost in there. Not so much as TikTok is, but Instagram you could definitely still get lost in there. So I think that would be very helpful. Next up, TikTok launches the Creative Exchange platform. So this kind of has a lot going on with it. So let me walk you through basically what it's going to look like. So this Creative Exchange platform is going to enable brands to pitch with a campaign brief to influencers and then the creators can then respond to and arrange sponsored content deals. So basically the brands will be able to put their, their briefs out there, they can invite certain creators, put it out there to everyone, and then those creators can choose to take part in that partnership or not. Basically brands sign up for the Creative Exchange platform. It is only available to verified profiles for brands, which I really appreciate because then you know you're working with legitimate brands. It's very easy to get scammed as an influencer, so I think this is going to be very helpful. Then they'll be able to to choose from a range of campaign types such as story or product intro and it will basically kind of give you an example as a creator of what this brand is looking for so maybe it's like unboxing or haul or maybe like a story about the product that you can talk about it gives the influencer a little bit more information about what the brand is looking for which as we've talked about in past episodes it's very important to have that clarity between you and the brand so I do think that this is very smart when I first saw this I was like oh sick I'm gonna sign up as a creator obviously so I can see what this is all about it did say that only quote relevant creators can also sign up for this platform. So then as a relevant creator, quote, you will then receive email notifications about projects that fit your profile and then you can basically make your direct exchanges with the brand. So I went to ads.tiktok.com slash business slash creative dash production dash pro and you can sign up there as a creative partner. However, because this feature just came out, not everyone can sign up. So I actually was not able to sign up. You can basically register and then once you get through the registration, it basically says that it's only available to invited creators, which I think is what they mean by relevant creators. I would like a little bit more clarity on what the hell relevant creators means. Um, but basically it says right now, while this is so new, you have to be invited by the brand to actually be able to sign up for this new kind of platform. And when you go to that, that website that I gave you, the ads.tiktok.com one, you can sign up there or try to sign up there as a creative partner. However, it is not your TikTok login information. I was trying it a million times and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working for me and then I realized it's basically like a totally new website and you do have to create a new uh, registration for that. So if you are going to play around with that just know it's not your actual TikTok username and login and I hope that saves you some time because I did it for a very long time and was like what the fuck? Why is this not working? It doesn't make any sense. This is my login. So yeah, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Next up we have Instagram is adding um, a new text-to-speech and voice effects option in Reels. These I believe are released to everyone who has Reels at this point. I personally already have it. A lot of my friends I've seen already have it. So the two different things that we're getting here, so text-to-speech, obviously this is very similar to TikTok. If you are a TikTok user, I'm sure you already know about this. Basically, 
and it, it allows an auto-generated voice to read your text aloud and you can choose which text you want it to, to actually read and then basically there are multiple voices to choose from which is different from TikTok obviously. You can basically just tap the text and then you'll hit text-to-speech very similar to how you would on TikTok. So um, that's something that's pretty cool. I feel like I actually use that feature on TikTok more than I ever really thought that I would so I'm glad that this is coming to Instagram Reels and if you don't have it yet it's probably one of those updates that's gonna take a little while we have to be patient with these things we know that it never gets released to every single person all at once but hopefully in the next week or so everyone already has this feature the second little feature that they're coming out for in Reels here is the voice effects so it's a tool that allows you to modify the audio or voiceover in a reel so I don't know how often I'm going to use this to be honest because I think the options are kind of weird. So there's Helium, Giant, Vocalist, Announcer, and Robot. <laughs> These all feel very like juvenile to me. I mean I guess you could make some like funny videos with like the Helium or the Robot one or something but the rest, I don't know, they all kind of seem like something I probably would not really ever use. But I'm waiting for someone to prove me wrong, you know, I, I see people do like funny stupid things all the time on TikTok and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never have thought to do that or use that feature, but like I'll try it. So I can see this being kind of cool, but maybe missing the mark a little bit for me. If you are looking for this feature though, it does live under audio controls and effects once you're actually in the Instagram Reels editing area there. So those are just about all of the updates that I had for you today. However, I did learn something new this week that I've never heard of before that I love and I think it's so important for any creators out there, especially creators who are making reels or really creators who are making TikTok videos. So I learned about something called a virality clause. And honestly, I mean, I am so deep in this industry, I'm really surprised that I've never heard of this. I'm thinking it's something pretty new, especially with TikTok. I feel like this applies the most to that platform. Essentially what a virality clause is, it's a clause that you can add into your contract as an influencer working with a brand that says if this video goes viral and goes viral, quote unquote, would be something that you need to clarify in this clause of the contract, if a video goes viral and hits X amount of, of number of views, your brand that you're working with would be responsible for paying you an extra virality fee because your video outperformed what you typically would see in terms of performance. So this is really cool, especially again on TikTok. I feel like of all the platforms, I think TikTok truly is the easiest one to go viral with. So it, it's really cool that this is something that you could add into a, a contract and possibly make a decent amount of money just because your video popped off. Which like most of the time on TikTok especially, you don't really have to even do any extra work for it to go viral. Sometimes it just does. Even on Reels, like you post a video and then sometimes two weeks later, you're like, why is my video at 50,000 views? Like I posted this two weeks ago. So definitely a really weird uh, concept, but again, it's an, another way to up your ticket price as a creator. Now, don't ask me how much I would charge for something like this. I'm still thinking about the numbers in my head. I would love to hear your opinion on this. What do you feel like would be a reasonable fee for a brand if your video got like 500,000 or higher views?
I mean, that's a really big difference from what I typically see on TikTok. So, you know, a brand's paying me maybe five to seven hundred dollars for a quick, easy TikTok video. You know, it's probably seeing maybe around a thousand views. Like, if I reach five hundred thousand or a million, I really should be paid more for that. Like, my work is getting out there to so many more people. I'm advertising the brand to so many more people that brand awareness is like off the hook there. So, I think this is really interesting. However, again, I really am not sure what I would charge for something like this. I'm gonna ask around, I'm gonna do some research and I'll come back to you with the answer, but what do you feel like would be fair? I'm really curious, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to pause it, send me a DM on Instagram and tell me what the hell you would do for this. Like, what would you charge? I don't know. We'll, we'll sit on that. So before we dive into today's guest, who is my lovely friend Zoe, she is amazing, as all of our guests are. I feel like I say that every week, but I'm really just so blessed to have really fucking awesome people around me, and she is definitely one of them. So Zoe is a great Instagram and TikTok creator who you will definitely love hearing from. We went through a lot of things that they don't tell you about influencing. And I think it's a very important episode to listen to if you are someone who's just getting into this industry because we talked about a little thing, a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't expect. Zoe also gave us a lot of insight on management as she did sign with a management company not too long ago, who I'm actually gonna start working with as well, hopefully, because she really talked them up so much and I'm excited to learn more. So I'll keep you updated on how all of that goes. One thing I do also wanna mention, obviously if you're listening to this, you've probably checked out our Instagram at this point and if you've checked out our Instagram, you know that we have a great mentorship program. One thing I did want to mention about our Impact to Income mentorship program, if it's something you've been considering, from now until the end of the year, think really hard about it. And if you want to commit, you definitely should commit before the end of the year because come January 1st, we are reformulating the entire program. It will be more expensive because we're adding a lot of really great things into the program. So that's definitely something to think about. But I did want to let you know, impact income students, potential students, if you're thinking about it from now until December 31st, commit. It is a time to commit because the price is definitely going up. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to my lovely friend Zoe and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. So we are here today with my friend Zoe. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm so excited to chat. I feel like we have been Instagram friends for so long and I'm just so excited to dive in. I know. It's so funny. That's actually been one of the coolest parts of this podcast is like so many people that I've talked to for honestly like years at this point yeah. online. I'm just like, wow, I can and finally actually have like a face-to-face -face conversation uh -huh. with you. So start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't already follow you. Give us, give us the scoop on who you are and what you do. So I'm Zoe, Curved by Zoe. I market myself as your virtual BFF, your virtual curvy BFF. I started my page about three years ago, four years ago, I can't remember, but I do all things, creative content, lots of color, just like Kristen, and then <laughs> just also catering to the plus size community and the inclusivity on that and just learning to love my body on the internet, um, along with thousands of other friends. And that's been really unique. Yay. Yes. And I know, I feel like we met years ago at this point. It, yeah, it's been a long flown. time. 
Yeah, I think we met maybe what back in like probably 2019 at some point. But yeah, so I think it's been four years because I started in 2018 and then okay. I started diving into the creativity in 2019. Okay. Um, and that's when I found you. This whole community. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Okay, tell us like what what made you actually start like your social media and, and start like quote taking it seriously as everyone says. Like what where did you even begin with that? Yeah. So this is always a tricky question for me. I definitely never pictured this for my life. I think we can all relate to that. Absolutely. But after high school, I felt so lost. I was in a long distance relationship. I wasn't going off to college myself and many people around me were. So I felt lost. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I was in pre-nursing school at our community college, but I just was drowning in it and not doing well. So I just felt like a failure in that aspect of what as well. And like I was on social media and just I was already following a ton of plus size bloggers. And that's really what inspired me. I'm like, I'm just gonna make an Instagram because I need to feel better about myself. I need to um, have a creative spark and let that out in some way. So I made an Instagram. So there's not like a huge process of why I did it, but I just needed something. And so I created yeah. an Instagram and just started. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way when I started mine. Like I, I've had my Instagram since like literally 2012, but actually like, again, quote, taking it seriously. It's probably been about the same amount of time as you actually, but it was definitely one of those things where I was like, okay, I live in this small town. I don't feel like anyone here gets me because everyone is like, I don't know, like a nurse or like yeah. an accountant. Everyone like does all of this, like very traditional kind of jobs. And mm. I like you, I'm like, I need to do something creative and exciting. And that's when I started mine as well. So it's funny. I feel like a lot of people start their page like that. So you said you never thought that you would be here and this would like be your job. So tell us about like the, the timeline of like, from when you started, when did you actually start making money? When did you realize like what you could be charging? Like, how did that process all go for you? So like I said, I started after I graduated and I just really never thought that I would be here. Also, like, I think that I didn't necessarily come from a small town, but I just had this black and white vision on life and how it was going to turn out. I was going to become a nurse. I was going to travel with Walker, which is my boyfriend. And then that's what life was going to be like. And I just decided one day I wanted more and I decided that I made the page. And then I really from 2018 to 2019, I started in about July. So there's like six months there. I was doing fashion-based blogging mm -hmm. and just really pushing out links, pushing out outfits, very lifestyle-esque. Um, but in 2019, I found this huge creative group community yeah. of people and it, like once you tap into that there's no turning back and I Absolutely. think there's a lot of us that are in the creative community that feel that same void like at first when you're starting you have no idea where this is going to take you but once you tap into what you really want and who you are and discovering yourself on the internet and then you really find these people that you relate with and feel so included with it just takes it to whole another level and I think right. that your community also senses that so when you're being yourself and authentically being you, I think people just 
are attracted to that. So you continue yeah. to grow and you just continue to grow. And, you know, they also love, the community loves seeing you grow on the internet and you'll go through different phases. My content has definitely gone through different phases. I'm oh, sure yeah. you can relate. <laughs> so seeing that people were really interested in me being myself and showing my body and wearing what I wanted to wear, it just really made me think that like, wow, I can take this seriously. So I think in about midway to 29 six months into 2019 I was like okay this is something I think at the beginning of the year I had started to monetize a little bit Mm -hmm. doing a lot of gifted and whatnot I think that's how we all start and then at 3,000 followers I got my first paid collaboration and I was just shocked (laughs) so that's when it really was a turning point for me and 2020 was a huge growth year for me gained 10,000 followers and like a short amount of time and then hit 20,000 in that same year. So ever since then, we've just been trucking along, learning as we go and um, monetizing just keeps growing. Definitely. Yeah. It sucks because I 2020 was obviously a horrible year for so many things, but honestly, I think for creators, it was literally the best situation we could have been in because everyone was home on their phones mm-hmm. and it sucks to like have so much good come out of like that horrible situation because I would never wish that it would happen again but also like I miss how engaged my audience was and how good everything was going on my you know Instagram and and TikTok and everything last year so thinking about that how do you feel about Instagram and TikTok now versus before I know we've talked about this on the side a few times but like curious to hear your response here yeah so like you said it just there's this awful feeling because 2020 was such a great growth year for me as a lot of us it was really good I had amazing partnerships I was just growing tremendously and you know everybody was down and it was a really bad year. There's a lot of things that bad that happened, but there's a lot of good that came out of that. Right. I think my community was closer than ever. Like you said, we were just so engaging and I felt like such a close bond and I thought it was just going to go up from there. But obviously things start to dwindle down and everybody returned to their real life. And that has hit us hard, I think. And this is something that I think we tend to blame the algorithm on, which is the easiest thing to do. I do, uh, yeah. too, because that's what we turn to. But it's truly the fact that our world is getting back to normal yep. and people aren't on their phones a lot more. We're traveling more. We're having gatherings. So that has a lot to do with it. And then also some part of it is the algorithm. <laughs> Instagram does have all of these changes, which in 2021 alone, you have seen just the rapid downfall of engagement and Honestly. not on, not just on Instagram, but on TikTok as well. And I think that comes with that being a new app in 2020, you were able to skyrocket and grow so easily, but as they adjust and make changes, it's going to get harder and harder. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like there, there just have been so many updates, even in just the last month Mm -hmm. that I'm like, what are you guys doing? Can you just, can we like have a weekend shutdown where you just do Mm -hmm. all the updates and then we can go back to normal? Because it really, I do definitely feel like some of those things affect, 
you know, what happens for us mm-hmm. with all of our numbers and how things perform, but you're right. It definitely is a lot of like external factors too. I know for me, like my engagement this summer was probably the lowest it's been in a very long time, but I'm thinking like people didn't get to do anything last summer. Like mm-hmm. this is the summer that they're like, all right, I'm going here. I'm going there. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending any time on my phone. Like I'm going to be at the beach. I'm going to be, you know, like people are out doing things. So you're right. It is so easy to blame the algorithm. And again, I think there's a percentage of yeah. the issue that is, is, you know, attributed to that, mm-hmm. but there is really just such a big lifestyle shift in how people are living this year. So obviously things, you know, are going to be different. I want to hear a little bit about like, how you, cause I know you talk about rates and things like that. Like you're very open about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I'd love to hear about what was the process of you, like for whatever you charged when you had 3000 followers versus now, because there is nowhere that people can just go and be like, how much should I charge? Okay. This done. Like, how do you figure that out? Or how did you figure that out along the way? Yeah. So I think it's just definitely a learning curve, but also leaning on my community of creators in general, the fact that everybody's so transparent. And I think that's why I strive to be very transparent because I truly learned from those around me and especially you as well. Like I just (laughs) think that we all absorbed each other's information and talked to each other more. But I think also trial and error when in the beginning, I was definitely doing a ton of gifted free work as we all did. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I started to charge like a hundred dollars at 3000 followers. And then I think I was still around 3000. A brand came to me with 600 and I was just like, what? What? <laughs> so once I started learning that brands would actually pay this, I started to increase and just, you know, it was a trial and error. Like I would send this off and hold my breath and they would actually accept it. And I was like, what? This and that's your new thing. rate. But yeah, I would, I think around three, um, 3000 followers, I created a media kit and just really started to dive in and understand the engagement rate and what that means and try to dissect these um, contracts and what this means and exclusivity and whitelisting. I think I'm still learning, but (laughs) we all are. Once I hit, yeah, once I hit about 5,000 to 6,000 followers, I started charging from like 600 to $800, depending on what they needed, obviously. And I still did a fair amount of gifted collaborations, even being that big. I would say that big now, because now that I look at micro influencers, I'm like, that's still a ton of people that you're influencing. So I think that once I started realizing that these brands had these budgets and will pay for good content, I just started charging more and more. Once I really found my craft and creative content and my realm, what content I wanted to put out, then brands really started realizing in that and got it interested in my creativity of the colors, the stickers and everything. Yes. Um, so I could really market myself better. And so I could just go up to a number that I just never thought I would be getting paid. I, I, am now charging 3000 to, um, $4,000 per post, which is obviously, Amazing. but I think also in Q4, which we're in now, I'm definitely up there and it's just going to go up from there, but it's awesome to really learn how much 
these brands actually have rather than them giving you a run run around and once you have that knowledge there's no going back because you really have that power of saying this is what I'm worth and I'm not going to take any less than that and once you have that confidence you're golden yeah and actually like thinking about confidence, I actually, in our last episode, it will have released at this point, we were on with Sonia and she talked a lot about confidence too. And we were like, confidence is literally such a mandatory thing in every part of our job, being on the internet, like putting yourself out there. That's a big portion of confidence Mm -hmm. going out and shooting with your tripod and like the middle of a random street where people are walking by yeah. and yelling confidence, negotiating confidence. Like mm-hmm. so much of it just has to do with just like believing in yourself and just like putting it out there, mm-hmm. seeing what happens. And then, you know, you just figure things out from there. Lots yeah. of trial and error in our industry. That's for sure. So when you talk about rates and everything now, so I know you have a manager, right? Yes, I just signed on with an agency, I think about six months ago. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the experience. So how did that come about? Like, how did you start working with an agency? How is it going? What is different from how you would normally do things? Mm -hmm. Let's let's hear about that. So I started with an agency back in... I can't remember the exact date, but I believe it's been about six months now. And I'll shout them out. Bloggist, they're amazing. I love chatting about them because seriously, I have had some bad experience with sourcing agencies. I think this is a very scary thing for creators in general, especially micro creators, uh, micro influencers. Um, So I had run into a few bad instances and just not having trust in these agencies. And you know, you're, you're giving them so much power. So you want to be able to trust them. Bloggers reached out to me and we just had a lot of phone calls and I was just interviewing them. They were interviewing me. I had a bunch of friends that were also signed with them. So I talked and linked with them about the agency and they also one thing that i really loved is that they have a wide variety of plus size influencers which is something that i really looked for because i need them to have those content contacts and relationships with the plus size brands we also cater to a different audience and so that was a big factor and they really hit all the marks i didn't want a commissions based which i know some people are like you shouldn't pay monthly However, I ran the numbers back and forth and doing a commissions with what I'm charging now would chart, which costs me so much more than paying monthly and actually really because I pay them a monthly set fee, but it also increases based on how much my manager is working for me. So one factor with that is that I love that I can see how much everything has cost me. It's an itemized report, how much time she spent. And the fact that if she's working more hours, that means I'm getting more money. If she's making these deals, then one deal will pay what I pay monthly, you know? And I think that's what I have to look at. Um, And I know everybody else has different circumstances, but I have just fallen in love with my manager. Such a Yeah, you're lighting up. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously, it's been such an amazing, it's so different because I never thought that I would be with an agency right now. I just didn't see that, especially going full-time. I went full-time in May. I signed on, I believe, in March. I just think that 
with having them on my team, I have been able to pitch way more and been able to learn so much more from them. And like you asked, how different is it from me having doing one man show and then adding them on my team? <laughs> it's been so different. Like you said, like we are everything. We're our managers, we're our yep. photographers, we're our models and PR team and everything. So Taking that on was really hard, also just in a pivotal time in my life. So having them on my side and developing this relationship with somebody that I really can trust and seeing their techniques versus mine has helped me not only gain knowledge, but then also understand more. And then to dive deeper into our different processes, they definitely source more than I used to source. And we are pitching a lot more, obviously. There's a lot more time that goes into that. So I was not really pitching as much beforehand. I just didn't have the time or didn't make time, I guess you could say. And it's just draining. It really is. (laughs) It's very tedious. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's the main thing. And once you find somebody that you can really just create a bond with, I think that's going to take you further. Yeah. It sounds like you're having such a great experience and I'm so happy for you because every time I've ever dealt with any sort of management or agency, I've had horrible experiences, which is why now I'm like, don't like if you're a management company and you slide into my DMs, I literally deleted at this point. I feel like I have PTSD. I first worked with a manager who she was like a, a, again, like a one woman show. And basically what she had me do was I paid her monthly. So like you said, a lot of management companies do commission based. So they'll get 20% of all your deals that come in or whatever. So Mm -hmm. this, this situation I paid her, I think I made her like $750 a month and she would send like 80 pitches or something like that, which, you know, I'm like, okay, well, all I need to do is get one partnership and that will pay for that monthly expense. No problem. And what ended up happening was this was right when COVID was starting. Mm -hmm. So no brands knew what they were doing with their money. So all of my pitches that she sent, I didn't get one deal from 80 pitches. And I, again, I think it was bad timing, but also Mm -hmm. I was just like, maybe she's not reaching out to the right people. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many other things that I, she had worked with other friends of mine. So I trusted, but I should have definitely like looked into it a little bit more. So And I had signed a contract for like three or four months. So I had to pay this $750 for month after month. And I'm not kidding you. I got one partnership in three months and it did not even cover my 700, whatever dollar, like horrible, horrible experience. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really bad. And I used to have to be on her all the time about like, Hey, you know, like you're supposed to send out my pitches this week. Like it's Friday and you still haven't sent Dini out. You know, it was a bad experience. So I, I definitely stopped doing that. And then eventually I think it was last summer or maybe spring we were here in Charlotte. So at some point around there, mm-hmm. I had done a trial with an agency and a pretty big agency that I was really surprised that they had reached out to me. I and mean, I know actually a couple of my other friends, I feel like you may have actually talked with them as well. It was a company called shine. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like we had a conversation about this. It didn't end up working out. There was like no hard feelings or anything, but I didn't really realize how much, at least their agency in particular, I don't know if every single one is like this, but they didn't really like send cold pitches for me. It was more just Mm -hmm. like if they had partnerships that their other influencers were working on that I might be a good fit for, they'd kind of be like, Hey, we also have this influencer who would be a great fit and try and kind of like add me on, but they Mm -hmm. would never send out like a cold pitch for me, which I thought was what would be happening. So I ended up with a few partnerships 
through them, but most were ones that already came into my inbox and they just negotiated for me, mm-hmm. which was good and bad. I mean, I definitely learned a lot. That's when I really learned about what I could charge. Cause she was asking for like over a thousand dollars when I was asking for like, you know, 700 bucks. And, yeah. and I was like, Holy shit, maybe I should start asking for this much. And so mm-hmm. that was a big turning point for me and a, a great learning experience, but I definitely, would have loved there to be more like her putting me out there to just like brands that I'd be a good fit for versus like brands that there were already kind of in talks with their agency. So yeah, of course I haven't had great experiences. So I, I'm going to look into the one that you're, you're working yeah, on. Yeah, you really should. I think that I can relate on so many levels. I was so scared, but by word of mouth and just really talking to a lot of their clients, I took the leap of faith and I'm not looking back. I um, have a set fee but also like I said it can go up from there but if she's she also cold pitches me and I send her a list and I'm like can you source these can you pitch these and she's overdoing it already and I don't have to stay on top of her ever like we have created a bond so I feel like I am not just business all the time with her so right I think once you can do that they really are out here looking out for you and you have somebody because when you're pitching you're really pitching yourself and so that's hard but when you have somebody else pitching for you and they're just really like backing you up yeah that you're worthy of this and explaining to the brand why you are worthy of this number just really shows you how much how far you can get and how much you can get Right. It's great to have someone else hyping you up and being like, no, she's worth this much. Trust me. So definitely good to have someone like that on your side. I want to talk a little bit about, it's funny because, so I'm on your close friends list and I was watching your experience with a brand today. Uh, I feel like we all get on our close friends list and we're like this brand and talk about our bad experiences. So I'm curious to know, do you feel like with a manager, you have less bad experiences? Like they kind of take that care of that for you and what has been the worst brand experience you've ever had (laughs) you're gonna be in for treats oh gosh Um, I love these stories I think that I don't think that having a manager necessarily lessens the bad experience but I do think that brands will take you more serious and I don't think that if you are a one-man show that they won't take you serious but I do think once you have somebody speaking for you it's a whole different topic and I think as a plus size person as a woman of color that just even goes further for me so having that backup just helps me be secure in everything but definitely had a lot of stuff come up even with the manager like the worst one I can't remember how long ago this was but I think I talked about it on my close friends too but this brand was just outraged by our number and I think we pitched him 2500 and he was asking for a ton of content and then just just wanting a lot of rights and everything and this man was outraged and did not hold back and he was just saying how ludicrous it was how insulting it was that we pitched this number and how I'm not worthy of this and literally sharing this with me I was cc'd on this along with my manager I'm just like dude you know, you're talking to me and you're backing Uh, up a brand. How unprofessional is this? So 
needless to say, we didn't work with them and I had already previously worked with them and they paid me a thousand dollars. So it's not like so, they didn't have money. Yeah. What? And I'm like, dude, I've grown tremendously. I'm right. not doing this for the same price and I'm not doing this for free. One thing that I really like with having a manager, she will not back down from these things. Just like going in there confidently and standing up to a brand for your client and explaining why they're worthy of anything. I think that we tend to back down from that because it's hard. It's hard to explain and constantly fight for yourself, constantly fight for your worth because we know we're worthy of it, but also explaining that to somebody else is 10 times harder. Yeah. They're not Um, in it like we are. Yeah, exactly. And I think that knowing that that still happens with a manager just goes to show how brands are still not understanding that really we are worth this and then campaigns would be 10 times more expensive yeah um but yeah it's just interesting how how disorganized unprofessional these brands can be oh yeah Um, sometimes I understand that it's time and place and it's also the brand or their agency right Um, so I give everybody the benefit of doubt but I definitely don't think that with me having a manager I've run into less of these problems people uh, some brands are really they just don't have a good grasp on it maybe Mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. I know I had a bad experience again, talked about it on my close friends. I was working with a brand through an agency and they had originally requested, we were doing two feed posts, two stories. Um, and it was for this company where I had to go outside and I have like these blow up, like, uh, like pool toy kind of things. It was like a big summer thing. So we had originally in the creative brief, there was a ton of information. It's obviously so important that you go through and read all that, make sure it's in all that. And I do that very religiously. I have, you know, like my notes and everything. So I knew we needed to have, um, more than one person. So I was like, okay, Andrew's going to be in it. We'll get the dogs in it. Um, and you know, like there were a couple other little, like we had to have, um, you know, at least three pool toys in the photo. So I'm like, cool. I'm checking all these boxes. We go out and shoot it. It was such a hard shoot. Cause we were using the tripod with the dogs and these pool toys. Like mm-hmm. it was very labor intensive. And so I sent them the content and they hated it. They were just like, this doesn't look like a party. Like, and I'm like, what else could look like a party? We're literally like in our bathing suits yelling. We've got pool toys. There's foam everywhere. Like, you know, and so and we're, we're just in the like, middle of a pandemic. Thank you. I was just like, well, that's what they originally said. They wanted more people. And I was like, well, I have two of us. It's more than Mm -hmm. one, but I don't feel comfortable like having a whole party at my house. Again, we are in a literal worldwide uh, pandemic. I'm not sure if you're aware. And so we had to reshoot the content, but I said to them, I followed every piece of this creative brief. So I am not reshooting this for free because I knew how annoying it was to shoot. And so, you know, they gave me a bunch of shit for it. And eventually they said, okay, we'll, you know, we, we don't, we'll pay you whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and I asked for like $800 to reshoot it because again, it was, it was so annoying. So annoying. So we reshoot it. And after, after I had originally sent them the first set of photos, they actually asked me to do two more posts. And I was like, wait, why you guys hate these photos? Why do you want more from me? So 
for whatever reason, I think they knew that they made a mistake on their end and didn't have mm-hmm. things in the creative brief that they needed to. And mm-hmm. so, you know, me following all of it, I did my job and I did a good job with the photos and everything. Once we were able to change it around, I did end up finally getting their approval for everything. It was a nightmare. The entire every minute of that partnership was a nightmare. They are not all good. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so crazy because this was back in maybe, I think I sent them my invoice in May and I have still not been paid yet. And I have been on this agency's ass for months now being like, hello, this was due September 19th. It is now November 4th. What are you doing? And they'll be like, oh yeah, my check, the check sent out last week. You should get it. And then it will be like three weeks later, still haven't gotten the check. Like such a nightmare. So actually it's supposed to hit my bank account today. So I'm very excited to see if it finally does because I feel like I have earned every single penny of this paycheck and I'm going to literally get it cashed all in once and just throw it around at this point. I think that's the side that our community doesn't see or even just the world. They don't see in influencers the things we have to not necessarily deal with, but the things we go through and the hoops we have to jump through. (laughs) And yes, we're worthy of these numbers, but also like we will give you content, but why are you making us jump through all of these different Right. Why are you making our lives miserable? (laughs) Yeah, it comes with time that you gain that confidence and you stand up for yourself because in the beginning, I would not charge her a reshoot fee. I would do anything they asked me to. And I think that we have to understand that our time is valuable. Our money is valuable because we're putting a lot into these shoots and our content is very lucrative. So I think that they need to be paid we need to be paid for every little thing that we have to do yep and sometimes it's definitely hard to like really stand up for yourself and just ask for what you deserve for instance with my most recent debacle and just really (laughs) trying to navigate a partnership with a brand um in general is really hard and just staying on top of that and like you said with the money issue that's like a huge thing there's and I so think many things not nobody sees like we yep. aren't getting paid like instantly and next 60, yeah next 30 like it's not yep. fun and even if that's only if you get paid on time I so. was gonna say and how often does that happen <laughs> yeah not that often unfortunately at least with mm-hmm. the brands I'm working with for some reason all of these things I feel like, again, like you said, there there are things that people who are not in the industry don't see. And every time I, I'm sure this happens to you if you do any sort of whitelisted ads or anything, like the people that comment on whitelisted ads, I mean, especially on Facebook, Facebook, the worst, um, they are so mean to people who like to influencers, you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, you know, who even are you to be talking or like get a real job and all of this stuff. And, but they don't see all of the things that we deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just scratched the surface. If we don't want to do a whole episode on just a shit influencers deal <laughs> with, I could do a few episodes on that, but yeah. it's crazy. Like people don't see that, but they mm-hmm. always have so much to say about like, Oh, what do you just sit around and like, you know, try on clothes all day? Like, no. On Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Like that is absolutely not yeah. what we do all day. No, it's insane. <laughs> and just to think that people seriously in 2021, still think influencing is not a real job is insane. Um, right. I don't think we're all millionaires, but we're definitely making nine to five salaries, um, which is At least. I never thought would be possible. Yep. But 
a ton of us are doing it. So you're going to sit there and say that it's not a real job, but I'm living off this. Yeah. Income. Like, do you want to see our bank accounts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not like sitting here and saying that my job is the best thing in the world. Some days it's really hard. Like we just oh, talked yeah. about all of the negatives and I mean, I still love it at the end of the day. And this community is the reason why I'm still showing up. That's Absolutely. the portion. Um, and I think that if there wasn't that, it would be the worst because you have all this backlash, especially I think sometimes we get so comfortable in our own community because we know it's a safe place. But like yeah. you said, when we have whitelisting and oh. it's shown to a different audience that we cannot control, it's like these trolls and mean comments yeah. insane and you're not taking it seriously and you're not having a conversation anymore with your audience you're just shown to so many different people that could care yeah. less about influencing they don't think you're a real person they think you're yeah, just exactly. I don't I don't know what they think you are actually but they don't think you're a real person yeah <laughs> So as a female who is part of the BIPOC and plus size community, you know, how has your influencing experience been different? I think that as somebody who is not white passing, but white passing, um, my experience hasn't been tremendously different. I think that there has been some things that have been hard to navigate being colored. And I think that um even with brands like knowing that these brands and looking at their instagrams when i'm sourcing brands to pitch and just seeing that there's no diversity obviously that shifted a lot in the last year but just seeing that just makes me not want to work with them and i think that makes my pitching list a lot smaller than what mm -hmm. i would want it to be and it's sad because you think that like by now it would be more diverse but there's still so many brands that i would love to work with but i'm going right. to choose not to work with because they choose not to diversify and that even goes into the plus size community looking at these brands and seeing all of one size on their instagram page yep. like well i'm not gonna even waste my time sending a pitch because it's clearly not what they're looking for like my body type is not what they're looking for. So I'm not going to waste my time on that, nor yeah. do I even want to work with them. Exactly. So that's been the main thing. And then I think obviously 2020 was a really hard year to navigate. And I think that also came with a lot of growth, growth because everybody was looking for and supporting black creators. So I'm grateful for finding community that people who want to support black creators, but it's also would you be here if 2020 didn't happen? I you think about that a lot. So much. And I think even just being somebody who is um, half white and half black, you question yourself even more. Like, am I worthy of these followers? Do I want these followers? Am I worthy of calling myself a black woman? Like all of these things come up, not only like on the internet, but in right. real life, but even more so when you're on the internet and broadcasting it to the whole world. And just those waters were really hard to navigate for me. I'm really grateful for everything though. And I'm grateful for the community that I found and the plus size community, as well as the um, people of colored community. I have very diversified content and my timeline is very diversified and I take a lot right. of pride in that. And it just makes you feel good knowing that you have people that want to support you. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I mean, I'm not part of any different community. I'm like, you know, I am white and I am a female and I, I guess my hair is pink. That's one thing that I could 
you know, like that they could pick me apart for. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people have issues with Mm -hmm. it, but for the most part, you know, it's easy for me. And I think about all the time, like when I look at other brands that don't have any people of color that, you know, it's always like a skinny white girl. I'm just like, do you guys really think at this point in time that anyone in our generation who is your target audience is going to look at your page and be like, wow, this is a brand I love and want to support. Like you have to diversify. But I think there's also a point where, you know, like some brands I'll see have just like the one token black girl, the one token, like alternative girl. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel authentic to me. Like there's a way to do it authentically and a way to do it because you know, that's what's happening in the media, especially again, after all of the events of 2020, people are like, well, we, we need to have um, a black girl here. We need to have like, you know, a Japanese girl Mm -hmm. here. Like, but I'm like, it doesn't feel authentic. Some brands do it in a way that I don't love. Yeah, exactly. And I think you can also identify those brands very easily and it comes across very unauthentic. And I will point out the fact that like, I've worked with some of these brands that I didn't step back and analyze these until after 2020. And I will admit to that. I didn't take that and it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. I think even navigating this as a newer creator and um, just taking on brands that you actually enjoy without analyzing it, seeing how diversified they are, seeing if they're inclusive and everything. And now there's such a long process of really wanting to work with a brand. And I think we're a lot more aware of that now. Um, And I think there's a lot of brands that have met, made a lot of headway and really just taken 2020 by storm and really learned from it. But you also identify those brands that really just added that token black girl just because they needed to. Yeah. They wanted to keep making sales. Yeah. And, (laughs) And I think it's even harder to know that you've worked with brands like that. And then to see like one, cause like literally have one black girl model and mm-hmm. she's in every one of like every three posts you can see her. And I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I don't <laughs> want to <laughs> cast doubt on everybody, but you also have to step back and think like, really? Like yes. you don't see what I see. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that could also be an issue of like, maybe their workspace is not diversified. So they don't yeah, see what you see, percent. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually funny. I had one of my mentorship students, so she has pink hair. She recently dyed it pink. It used to be like a, like a blondie, uh, strawberry blonde kind of color. Mm-hmm. And so she signed on for a partnership with this company that I think they make like t-shirts that have built-in bras kind of thing, whatever. They were like these cool t-shirts. And so she signed on with a brand to do a campaign and she dyed her hair pink and shot the content. It was like beautiful, gorgeous mm-hmm. content, perfect for this brand. And she sent it in for approval and they literally messaged her back and we're like, sorry, we don't want this content. We, we didn't know you dyed your hair pink. This is not our girl. That was the quote. This is not our girl. And I was like, you guys suck because the she has pink hair. Because she has pink hair. What? That's insane. And that's just to scratch the surface of exactly what's out there. Yep. And that's really what's sad because they didn't hold back. And it's not like they were just like, hey, that's not a great fit anymore. They yeah. literally pointed out her pink hair. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's better or worse, but it's mm-hmm. still just so ex-inclusive, non-inclusive. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. And and that's you know, they were also a brand because I remember being pissed off when she told me that and I went and looked at their Instagram and, and they were one of those brands where like 
they did one campaign shoot and there was like one black girl and she, again every few pictures you'd see the same girl in the same outfit and you were like okay cool so you've done one photo shoot that's not just skinny white girls good job like yeah <laughs> you know you're not you're not really making a difference mm-hmm. here so are there any upcoming projects or exciting things that you're working on right now what can we expect from you in the next six to 12 months let's say I will say there are some things that I just really newly in the works of expanding my brand and really becoming a brand. I just got my LLC like a year ago. So I'm really navigating that those waters and I'm really excited to see how I can expand as a brand, make myself a brand. So there will be lots to come in the next year or so, but in the next six months, we have a lot of fun holiday content and just exploring like living on my own with the holidays. I just moved to Kansas. So exploring the holidays in a colder climate. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what's on the horizon and just really excited to be more open about expanding my brand in so many different ways. You've done a great job of that, about that and not just having an Instagram as your income and whatnot, but like just diversifying and seriously making yourself a freaking brand and an empire. Oh, an empire. I love that. I, you know, I hope that it's big enough that it feels like an empire one day. (laughs) You'll get there. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. All right. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy we were able to finally like face to face, you know, actually meet because we, again, we've been friends for so long and we talk about so much of this stuff all the time that I was Mm. like, you are the perfect person because we (laughs) have a very similar thought, you know, thought process yeah. about a lot of these things. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And I'm really glad that we had this conversation and got to meet face to face. Where can everyone find you on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere? You can find me at Curse by Zoe on all platforms. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Of course.